Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question. Are my business problems actually me problems? In that, I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses, they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is Hutton Henry, who works at the intersection of people, tech, and mergers and acquisitions. Currently runs a firm that provides technology advisory for investors and founders to help them increase the value of their tech firms. And Hutton's USP and interest in the market is in the uh, psychology of tech teams. So Hutton, thank you very much for being on. How are you doing today? I'm really well. Thanks, Jessica. How are you? I'm doing great. Like I said, I, I'm excited when, uh, you know, we get somebody that has a completely different time zone. I'm like, you know, out of all the things we could be doing, like this is the <laughs> thing that, that that you want. So I'm always appreciative of that and want to make sure the experience is uh, best for you. So yeah, why don't you just give us a little bit more context, um, you know, of who you are and why you do what you do sort of outside of the bio. Okay. I I mean, I've, I've been in technology since, um, 1986 so some time and I've almost had three portions to my career but the really the the underlying and underpinning piece is is the impact of technology on people I've really been focused on that it doesn't mean I'm the best manager in the world I can see it happen and um and I think I've, I've been a techie since a very young age. So if you take those two aspects and then the M&A piece, that's why I say I work in the intersection. So for the last seven years, I've been working for investors and I work a bit like a house surveyor. So I come in, assess the business and I tell them how good it is, but not it's not a house, it's a tech asset. And I love it. And, um, you know, it, it's been interesting because it's been a challenge for me personally to build a business. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much a potted history. It is a lot of technology and a lot of people and the, the and how that all connects. I, I love it. I mean, it's such a, like, it's something you don't really expect when somebody says, like, they, they work in tech or whatever. And it's such a cool yeah. intersection of like you, your, your history, you know, your, your interests and all of these things like overlapping and aligning to create something that's uh, like, seems to be like very unique to you. So any, any yeah. comments or anything you want to add to that, you know, floor is yours. It's interesting, isn't it? Cause you, if, if you're lucky, you sort of fall in the right position that takes your interests and your passion and it has a value for the market. And I, I sort of, with hindsight feel I'm in this sort of pyramid system and I'm at the top where I can see I'm not better or above people, but you get to see how companies are bought and the impact on people. And, and interestingly, I get to see, a fr I have a front seat view, not only of the founders journeys, but how investors sort of work. And they genuinely are way more focused on people than say the newspapers or the movies would make them out. You know, they are very concerned about continuity love it and i think it also plays to and i know this goes into like what we were talking about off air which is 
like you have this inherent interest around you know people and and then like you're like everybody would say that you know I'm very likable and people like me etc and it's like it's like very unique I think to to you because it's you need to have a certain disposition to be kind of aware of like what's between the lines when you're talking about people and to merge that with like a such a strong tech background i think is uh again really cool so again anything you yeah. want to add to that for yeah no it's quite interesting because i um it's it's odd that i ever took tech on and actually i'm quite yeah i'm really into people as in disc i'm a, a pure eye so i'm very outgoing i really want to you know in, invigorate things and influence so adding a cerebral part to that is really fun you know it's a bit different you can energize teams and they energize me and i learn from them all the time so i feel very lucky to have this business it's quite niche but it's super fun beautiful well i'd love to then uh support you because you seem to always be in a position to like support others so i know off air you had mentioned a lot of these people-pleasing tendencies or avoiding confrontations, et cetera, management issues uh, tend to be kind of the, the, the sticking points for you in your journey right now. So tell me a little bit more about those. I, I think, to be fair, that's not just recently. I think it's a long-term thing, and I believe it's quite... And the weird, um, the weird thing about having this front seat watching investors and... Um, and, and founders, they often have similar problems. So you can almost watch that movie on yourself. And, and in, in a nutshell, yeah, I'm known to be quite innovative and I'm good fun and I'm a nice person and that's great. But when you're in the business, you, you need people to respect things and just keep things going. Um, and I found that a struggle because confrontation isn't my natural thing. And I get in front of, I almost get in my own way with that because I'm much better now, but I used to really avoid it and let things really build up. And then that's not really fair on staff members. Um, and, and I don't think it's fair on anyone really, but the, but the main thing is if it's in your head that you can't confront and you can't set good boundaries and that type of thing, then, then really the team doesn't know where it's going. And, um, you know, so, so I've learned that it's okay to do it but it doesn't mean it's a natural skill. And I watch some of the people who work with me. I've got some yeah, great, yeah, part, yeah, great team and, and they've managed teams and you can see their memory is so sharp on, on what was, what was uh, promised, what was, yeah, what did we agree? And, and so that sharpness allows them to confront it in a way where it, for me, it's a little bit vague. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I think at the beginning, when we make commitments, I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. You know, very energetic. But when it goes wrong, that energy doesn't work. Okay. So if I'm hearing you correctly, there's yeah. an observation where you're saying, okay, so other managers that I work with or, or team members or whoever, yeah. when they agree to a commitment with their team members or whoever, yeah, when those commitments don't get met they are kind of on point to They're actually so kind of point that out right yeah yeah okay. yeah and then for you even though in general you have a very good assessment of everything you can remember things easily when it comes to these things it's almost like kind of like there there's there's blinders like it's like oh what did we 
agree on there's like a discomfort yeah, around it so yeah. tell me a little bit more about your experience yeah or, or it's like um do you know like we have a spidey sense mm -hmm. and for me mine doesn't pick up you know so so it won't pick up oh that person didn't do this thing so it, it doesn't shoot into that um so I, I will make an agreement with you just going you say right i'll do that in two weeks a week or so in my brain is working on so many things i won't remember to think oh did they check into that so there's a there's some measurements there's some things i can do to you know to avoid that like put things in the diary but it isn't a natural skill of mine to do that uh, i think it has a really big impact because i can't confidently um confront because of that Got that's it. one so, cause only one cause though of that though i think sorry, say that last part again i didn't really catch that i think i think the lack of memory is only half of the problem so and then the other half of the problem is i just don't like confrontation so you put those together that is pretty lethal yeah it absolutely makes sense so would you say that the lack of memory shows up in other areas of your work or no um yeah i'm i'm really good at client work you know it's 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 um so everything i can run multiple customer projects and sales engagements and things like that and there's so many of them ongoing um so so my memory sort of relaxes in that it totally relaxes in code so software like it's almost like a photographic memory and it and i've always felt that with people management um as much as i you know this is the irony i i love dealing with people and and like fixing people issues i don't i mean i get paid for doing that right but then um that but then there's that kind of that missing link and that you know, is that that's interesting um, yeah sorry go ahead yeah no no and sometimes you know depending on the type of people i'm working with on a project they've got that natural skill so they push it straight away so you, you know you're sending an agreement and they have that sort of detailed brain and they you know and so mine is fast and innovative and like let's go for this it's energetic and then you get someone feeling some of the detail and also remembering what happens more like a coo type operation if you like so got it so it, it seems to me like this isn't like a memory problem per se because it would be kind of across the board if you had a memory yeah. problem it's, it's actually like kind of like selective, selective memory. memory like i yeah. i will excel in using my brain when it comes to the you know technical aspects of things yeah. but when it comes to and it seems like it's specific to the upholding of expectations or like the mirroring of this was said but then this was delivered that's where there's like a blank in terms of like this memory lapse like that is that accurate as far as your yeah. experience yeah that is okay perfect so one of the tricky things with regards to the way that a lot of these defenses work is we will in some ways do behaviors or do certain things that quote unquote self-sabotage, but look yeah. like just kind of happenstance yeah. and blanking out. Like even let's just say if I'm in session with a client and we start to probe into areas that are either like emotional or like places that they don't really want to look at, they'll oftentimes blank out and be like, sorry, I, I don't, I don't actually know what it is that you said. Yeah. And 
that's not them being rude and like not listening to what we're doing. It's actually their brain's defenses to basically disassociate when things start to get squirmy. Yeah. And the reason that I bring this up is when you're retelling like, okay, well, this is where this tends to happen. It's not generally dealing with people. It's actually a very specific thing where like, if I don't remember the thing that this person is supposed to come back at me with, then it's very hard or it's harder to actually get into these uncomfortable confrontational areas where your subconscious doesn't really like to go. So before I go on, what lands for you with that? What doesn't, et cetera? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's the pinnacle of that challenge is the memory and the, 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 the confrontation. If you take those two things and, um, I also would say that the way that I will run a team is very trusting. So I'll give you a big remit. You know, we're going to build this, we're going to do this, but I don't really like going into, it just doesn't, I don't go into a mass amount of detail if I was going to give you a task. So it's a very, it's also to do with how I was taught how to work um, when I was a kid, because literally it was like the world's your oyster you can here's a load of like i mean then we didn't even have the internet so it was massive libraries of computer stuff so you can go and learn what you want we need this built let's go so because i had that freedom and because i loved that it's kind of what i always try and um replicate throughout my whole career most people really love it because it's like you know it's just like you can build what you want not just tech, you know, it can be sales, marketing, whatever. Um, so, so I guess getting to the point, yes, that's the very pinnacle of the challenge. That's when I see it the most acutely. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably in there in little bits, but I don't mind that because it doesn't cause me a problem because most people, you know, most things just get done naturally, really. Right. And that's more of a kind of like a circumstantial buffer than it is like this one leadership aspect of you, yeah. right? Yeah. And what I mean by that is, okay, if things get done, that just means you're in good, high quality, high performance teams, which is obviously great. Yeah. But it's like, that could be also masking this, what I call leadership limits and, and all of these aspects of avoiding confrontation, people pleasing, needing to be liked, they all seep into those. So again, before I go on, what lands for you with that? What does it? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, that I don't have anything against that. So um, yeah, it makes sense. Okay, perfect. So when you look at that, like what you call the the pinnacle kind of of this problem for you. So what's your initial thought of like, what what's going to happen if you are in conflict? Uh, well, um, I, I, I mean, I, the reason I'm smiling is I'm thinking that there's another challenge in there, right? Which is shiny new things. So, mm -hmm. so that's, so then the shiny new thing will appear and it's like, well, that's interesting. Or there's a new customer or a new thing. So that's, an, so if you haven't got a memory aspect, you've got shiny new things. So I have had to learn over the last two or three years, how focus is a really important thing. So you can see how niche down my business is. It's so like in terms of the tech world, it's really focused, but it took me a long time to get there because I could do everything. You know, it's like, wow, let's do everything. Right. So um, I think that's that. And sorry, what was the question again now? Because I've just sort of. 
Yeah. And it was funny. I was actually going to reflect that back to you because, so what I asked you was, okay, well, what do you think is going to happen if you are in confrontation, yeah. right? And what your brain defaulted to was giving me this beautifully articulated answer around yeah. <laughs> another thing that that like you're, you're aware of about yourself, right? And ironically, you were talking about focus and how it's yeah. important to be focused, yet as soon as I shine the mirror onto, okay, well, what happens when I'm in conflict? Yeah. You, you see how like this isn't a memory, oh, yeah. this is actually a disassociation avoidance issue. Like you, you just literally experience what your brain does when it avoids the memory. Yeah. Okay. So what, what lands for you with that reflection? Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, so I get first with the first thing, then with a conflict, then, then I've got better so I can sort of sit with it, but I don't, I've, I've, I think at first I used to get it wrong that I used to think you have to get angry with that mm -hmm. way. Right. Cause I just don't get angry. It's just not in my DNA. And, um, but I have to sort of take it in and think it through in the past. I would, I would rationalize why it happened. So this didn't happen. So I'd rationalize it and then I would avoid the conflict, mm -hmm. but then that would just get worse and worse and worse. Right. Um, then now I will take it away and, um, and think, you know, what's the best for both. And I think I've definitely come to the conclusion it's better for the whole team and even the people involved that we do get through that hump and that bit of turbulence, you know, if, if you get through that, then everyone wins, you know, and um, it, it, it sort of causes me to read a lot of books, you know, and look at a lot of characters. But at the end of the day, I have to sit in that problem and I have to explain it. And I literally will now just have a, a, a discussion or a call, but it's taken a long time to do that. Got it. So that's basically, again, a, a beautiful description around how you've learned to cope and work around this yeah. natural tendency to avoid conflict. Yeah. So, and, and I know I keep asking the same question, but, but, but it's it's for yeah. a reason, right? So I'm not just trying yeah, to be so. difficult for yeah. entertainment's sake. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you already know, and we've witnessed these patterns of essentially deflection, what I'm getting at is like, okay, so what are your thoughts? Like, what does it mean to be in conflict? What does it mean about you to be in conflict or confrontation? Um, I think the first thing is it, it's sort of, it, it, I have like a level I work with people as peers. So suddenly you have to lift yourself away from being a peer to be able to do things. That's one thing. Um, what does it mean for me? Uh, it's just uncomfortable. You know, there's no doubt about it. Um, it's not particularly the way I want to work. So I, I like a joyful environment. Um, and yeah, it, it's an interesting thing because there's no, there's no natural energy coming from me to, to tell people that that's a problem. I think they know, you know, it, I mean, you can see it in the results. Well, you can see it in the results, fine. But also if there's no consequence of those results or in the unmet expectation that that's enabling a totally different standard than I think you, you actually want. So it's an assumption. And then, you know, you can test whether or not that assumption actually works for you. Um, 
what I think is interesting about what you shared is you said, okay, so if I really take a moment and tune in, well, what does it mean? What does it mean about me to be in confrontation? I'm using confrontation broadly. I think even what you're describing is like just asking if expectations and commitments and agreements have been met, which mm. can be confrontational. It's under the same umbrella, but it doesn't mm. have to be as intense as like confrontation and anger, yeah. et cetera. But regardless, yeah. what came up for you when you tuned that in is that there's this basically... Like I'm somehow superior if we get into confrontation. I, I have to be above yeah. somebody if I'm in confrontation. So is that accurate as far as you, that's, your experience? That's like a childlike thing. I don't really want to be out there. But then um, there's two things in that, which is someone I trust very dearly and, and you know, I don't have any problems like that. But the last few years, just says, Hutton, you're the boss. Tell me what to do. I don't mind. You know, just but be clear. That's the that's the thing. So, so that opens the the pathway. It gives you like a the permission to operate in that way. One of the things that luckily I have addressed, which was a big problem beforehand, which is in line with what what you're talking about there, is I I never used to use the word want. You know, can we? you know, shall we? It was always like a negotiation and a question mark at the end. Mm -hmm. And 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 so like even graduating to that, it's taken me so long to do that. And and actually that's much easier because everyone knows where they're going. I really think, you know, I want this, you know, and um so so I but I can tell you how that was a problem because that will relate is that I used to see that as demanding. Mm. So if you take the demanding thing and being the boss where you've got to get there. And I remember with my first company, um, I have a problem sharing this, but it was really interesting is I found it very hard to to give myself the um the top title. And um so I I was a consultant. I love being a consultant, even to this day, just going in and helping people and making massive change quickly and learning as well. They're really big things, but you never have conflict in those scenarios. And then when I switched over from being a very successful consultant to this, I had been operating as, you know, if you took our org chart, we were all consultants. And it was only when we went to do this really important presentation that this lady from a big vendor said, Hutton, who's, who's the boss here? And I said, it's me. And I said, well, I know that, but these people don't know that. You're going to have to change it to managing director. So I gradually did that. And, um, but I didn't own it. And then the next company, um, we started to get into the investment world and the CXO things. And it's like, you know, you need, you need to clearly show that this person's a CTO and this person, you are the CEO. There's hesitation there, did it, um, never really owned it. And, um, you'll see I'm a managing partner now for my business. That, that feels so right for me. It's also right for, for managing, consultants you know we we don't have that kind of ultimate thing it's a very much a consultative way of running your business so i i feel at home with the job title but it's been a very slow journey to to accept it it wasn't like i'm there i deserve that even if i worked hard and got results it it was an ownership thing so it seems like you have like it's really fortunate that you seem to be in 
like to put yourself in very good environments where people are actually championing you and fostering this within you and kind of giving you permission. Like you mentioned that this person that I trust, like, no, you're the boss. You tell me. Yeah. And it was almost like a fresher breath of air for you. Cause it's like, okay, I'm actually allowed to do what it is that I'm here to do. So there's like an air of permission, even though yeah. technically there's a need to be there. So I, I think that's actually a blessing in disguise for you. Cause it allows you to cope well with a lot of these things but it seems to me like the root cause behind this never really kind of got addressed. So mm -hmm. again, does that land for you? Does that not land for you? Yeah, that 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 lands. I I know when I feel uncomfortable, it's it's not as often now, but it's um because because it, I think you're right that the environment has changed into a more collaborative working environment. It's the nature of the work is so collaborative. But the the first, the very first business was a much more top down necessity, you know that you know, and so it's quite interesting how that's changed. Absolutely. So, in present day, like right now, is this actually something that is a problem for you, or just kind of one thing that you've learned to like work around? Um, there's there's times when I've I've really addressed it. I think it's still a problem underneath if I'm up front. It's, um, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah, yeah, that's as simple as that. You know, it might be great that I've changed the working environment. It's more collegial. It's more professional. It's more cerebral as well. You know, there's so many good things about it. But if I hit it again, I you would the problem would pop up. Yeah, it's like, it's not in your face, but there's still a bit of like fragility in knowing that this is a thing like that's kind of what i'm hearing from the yeah. outside yeah okay perfect so what then in your words is the problem of this the problem what what's causing this or or what's in front of me or so i mean potentially both but i guess the the, the context for the question is you were saying, okay, I've found all these ways to cope with this. I'm in an environment right now that is a lot more collaborative. So, you know, this might not be as big of a problem for me as it was before, but I still yeah. consider it a problem. So, so how would you define the actual problem? Because from the outside looking in, like when you're describing everything, like I can see the patterns that are at play. I, I can see, you know, where you would need to go to like heal all of these things, but in general, People don't really care to heal these things unless they're actually causing them a problem. So, oh, I see. What, yeah, what, yeah. what do you think, in your words, if any, is the problem of these, again, we'll just umbrella term or, or, people or, causing or patterns? Think, or do you think it's like a manifestation of it? Or, uh, um, well, it, it's sort of. It, it, it's sort of like I have a very sort of free and open way of working but I, I haven't really pulled it in and say right we're going here we're going to scale this we're going to do that you know it's sort of you, you know everyone's quite autonomous and that's great um and um it could have probably you know been more dynamic and delivered more faster internally customers won't see that because we're you know we deliver everything that's needed but it could be more innovative you could deliver more I think so the, that's the other side of what it could be like what's the problem is um sometimes the autonomy means that you miss yeah you're missing value 
you know, say if we're building a software platform, you're not going to get there as quick as you could do. Okay. So, and again, I'm just going to reflect back what I'm hearing. You can correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, but it just sounds like while the environment is collaborative, it is nice, it is suited to how you generally tend to operate. And I'm not saying this is like people are lazy, but it's like more the 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 yeah. intentionality behind, let's just say growth or speed is a bit more laissez-faire. Like it's a bit more, okay, yeah, like, well, you know, like there's none of that directional, whether it's, it's yeah. push or even pull it's, towards like we're going here. Yeah. Is that accurate? No, but I actually think it's something else in talking with you to say, you know, if we are building this new innovative thing, when we hit a collision, it goes off in a new direction rather than deal with the collision. Ah, okay. So we're yeah. not really dealing when, like, it's great when things are going great, but as soon yeah. as things hit like a roadblock or a setback. I oh, because okay. I'm, I, I really get at fixing things and adapting them, which has always worked for me, but that doesn't work for, a, you know, a company sort of product or anything. Right, because it's not just you, it's actually the team. Like, you can't be responsible for everything, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't micromanage, and I want people to do other things. But, it, you know, if you talk, I talked to one of my team members on Friday, and, um, you know, we're reflecting on this year, and we are making the product, and we've, we've made a number of pivots, as every software company does, partly to do with the financial, you know, sort of economic side of things. So, you know, the early side of the year, so you have to adapt. And I was doing that to sort of work out, well, where's this going to go? But also um, on reflection, you know, it's it's also trying to absorb the fact that we're not moving as fast earlier in the year. So, and whilst we're over that, we could have avoided that if we just stuck to the one direction. Okay. So, that's so from, from yeah, me trying to fix the address, try and fixing the system really. Sorry, say that last part again. That comes from me. Just I'm so quick at addressing things. I won't sit still and say, well, it's your problem. I go, okay, great. Let's just do this. So are you then, like, is your tendency to avoid the confrontation and fixing the setback, enabling like too many pivots towards a different thing instead of like isolating and fixing on, that on reflection but i think it's been an odd year so that's been a learning thing that it's okay to say you know what we're, we're just going to go with this it's simpler it's just the way it is okay and is that like good or bad for you in terms of the results that you're experiencing um it's it's medium at the moment it's but yeah, but it, it's pretty exciting because we've just, you know, we've had a solve. But the, um, but you know, we'll be honest. I, I think it's quite normal. I think you probably know about the trough of sorrow. It's a, a normal startup thing where you go through, you build something, you have results, then you see the challenges. And um, I definitely see it in the companies I assess. And I'm, I'm part of the reason why I'm building software in the background is I want that. I want to go on the same journey as the companies we assess again. It's no good for us to come in as people have done this for years and not be on a modern journey because, and I'm glad we've done it, right? Because we've been building software and new products and ideas in an economic sort of challenging period of time. And then we've seen what's important to people. So, so we can relate to our customer a lot more by doing yeah. that. 
and I think that's a, just a beautiful like reflection of like your values and, and, and what you're here to do with regards to like the company that you want to build and the type of relationships you want to have. And, and I, again, just a reflection of who you are uh, mm -hmm. in terms of the values that you bring to the table. So I, I don't think there's nothing about that, that that stands out um, as an issue for me. I actually celebrate you for it. Yeah. Um, I think going back to looking at how these patterns of leadership for you really show up, it's like what I'm really noticing is that it's not, a block for you in the typical way where it's like, this is so obvious that it's like stopping us from moving forward in these ways. It's actually like this leadership aspect just creates certain inefficiencies that I see going forward, certain leaks that I see going forward that we just kind of have to like skirt around and detour around, but it's not like a major block in the typical sense. So is that something that's accurate for that's you as well? Great. Then the it is true but it you know it it can create more work or more hours you know because it's like we're going to circumvent we're going to fix so the so the um the big thing is like don't jumping and fix which is really interesting because i'll tell that to my clients <laughs> like you're telling them don't jump in and fix things that yeah. your team's supposed yeah. to fix yeah so, so, or, or what I mean, it's not that your team needs to fix them, right? You just need to look at the problem and before fixing, cause that's the jump, stay still, right? And, and let that manifest and feel the pain really. And then, and then sort of take your decisions from there. So it's Got really it. easy for, for me to see that in the teams. Cause I work with the team dynamics, as I say, it's the psychology of tech teams. It's a real interest of mine. Um, because it's an area that's not really thought about. Um, and, you know, it's an area I, my heart's close to as well. But the interesting thing is that the, um, yeah, it, it, that's the thing, really. It's, it's on that internally, we could do the same. So it's a bit like, um, you know, in consulting, they, the cobbler's children have no shoes. And um, it's the similar thing. Got it, got it. Yeah, I mean... It's like our, 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 the hardest advice to take is usually our own. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I, I, I get that. And that's why, you know, like I have coaches myself and I'm a firm believer that coaches also need coaches. So yeah. yes, 110%. And I've said this on the podcast many times as well, but it's like that whole idea of like, it's really hard to see the building if you're standing on the balcony, right? Like you, you need somebody that's there that can shine these things your way and be like, oh, wait, look, this is actually where you're not being consistent with your word this is where you know your own advice could be applied to you etc so yes i'm also a very yeah. big fan of that so anything you want to add to that yeah no so two things so i totally agree with you as far as excited to come on this you know and um I, yeah so i think it's really important to have a coach but the um but this was a bit unusual as well it was very directed in specific areas um and it's also made me think that the absolute fear for me is aggression. I don't like it. You know, hefty, bad, you know, aggressive responses. I, I just, I can't deal with them. And I guess my, my reflection back to you, et cetera, it's like what I'm hearing when you speak about these things, there's like an undertone of like everything's black and white. Like, it's kind of mm -hmm. like if I call somebody out on 
a deadline they say they would have met but didn't or deliverables they said they would deliver didn't it's like to me from the outside looking in like it's not aggressive to simply ask and require what's going on but oftentimes when you've mentioned doing that there's this air of i don't want to be superior i don't want to be known as like higher than anybody else and there's no way that like i want to jump into an aggressive disagreement with somebody yet it's like aggression's up here but like what you're asking to do is down here in terms of like the magnitude of this this broad spectrum of confrontation so what lands for you with that reflection with us well it's it's interesting because i i notice the aggression now and i you know i i can meet it with less fear so I'm, so I, and i'm quite good at reasoning and thinking it through and articulating that I've observed this, you know, I think this has happened um, and it's making me feel this and whatever, you know, that sort of let's have a human conversation about it. So I'm, I'm good at doing that now, but it, but it's a long-term habit. Oops, that's my Siri. Um, but it is, you don't break lifetime habits super, super quickly, but you have to see them, right. As you're saying with the balcony perspective um, it, and I think, it, it's literally, you know, it, it's really interesting because I can sort of see uh, so many projects I work on that, you know, we we get through the problems really quickly. The team's great. It's just in circum, certain circumstances, we're just not moving fast enough or I get aggression on, you know, different things on rates or something like that. And it's like, well, you know, it's, it's uh, in the meantime, I, you know, I, I, I might take the hit or, you know, it sort of absorbed the problem when in fact it was never a problem in the first place. So, And when you say absorb the problem, you mean like you internalize it as like something that you did wrong or like, what do you mean by that? Um, so it's like, well, okay. So, so if, if something come up and how oh shit, we know, excuse my English, um, if we've, we've hit this problem and um, now we've found out that people want this and they want A, not B or B, not A my my instant and quick reaction is to try and fix that so that's mm -hmm. absorbing it right where you just have to you just have to let it i mean everything you do when you breathe and you stop you know for a moment it gets better right it's just a you, you learn that over time with stress and everything but with um i i think yeah i mean that's that's the main thing i'd say so right so what i'm hearing is like you again are, are very good at the coping of these things that come like the, the triggers that come up like you mentioned the breathing i can kind of rationalize my way through it i can be communicative i can explain things better i can through breathing control my own reaction like is that accurate for you as well yeah and rationalization you know understanding why there's so many things that kick in at once you know yeah but like but there, there's a lot of things that will kick in at once to keep the boat afloat or to to make things go forward when maybe sure. it's really my my problem uh sorry w what do you mean uh, when you say it might be my problem um where well, maybe not be my problem oh not you know, be. okay perfect like, that makes more my sense. reaction at the moment is like jump in you know gotta save it gotta do it and it's really interesting because i often see founders in my normal job in my outside of this conversation rescuing their business and i said whoa that's not, you know, how are you ever going to build that business? Because 
that's you're never going to get succession if you don't let them have the time to breathe and let these people feel the problem but they won't feel it if you let, don't let the problem continue for long enough 100 yeah I, I definitely agree with you but that's kind of the the problem it's like we, we have a hard time sitting with that discomfort um right. and i think yeah. you're better at most that that not reacting to your triggers probably because you have such a natural calm disposition you, you found very good ways again to cope and, and work around these things so what i'm curious now if we switch gears a little bit is like who would you be as a leader without all of these people pleasing tendencies my first reaction is not me <laughs> it's like you know that, that that's the first thing because i do get such good results in every way you know like partnerships and friendships and everything and we you know and and I really enjoy work so I think you know it's generally that um if I I think the number one thing would it would it would take off some stress is you know because you're not because I think we all focus on if there's something underperforming on an area that's not working your brain tends to keep going back to that and then and you're not looking at the growing areas you're looking at the painful area so you're using up a lot of mental real estate to navigate these things versus I could just reallocate that to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got but it. But I think um, I, I I don't mind stress. I think it's a natural part of life and certainly a, a point of running a business. And I made a choice to do this. So I actually really enjoy it. I do also think that, you know, a really important thing, which is something, again, I see a lot in technology businesses, for sure, as a lot of us come into this as it's a, a hobby, right? It, this was never work, you know, and most of your time is this amazing hobby where you get to do so many things. So then when you hit a confrontation, that's not a hobby, you know, and that that's where the shift goes. So. Yeah, it's like the price of admission to continue to get paid for doing your hobby. But it's like if, if you want the hobby to go where it wants to go, it's kind of like yeah. that that's part of the beast that you are handling and, and doing. So, yeah. And I mean, I know you I, understand I, that. Yeah, but, yeah. There's some people like, um, and if you know, like, there's a few founders out there that I'm impressed with. And like, probably the ones that really come to mind is Airbnb because they started really small. And they've stayed in the seat all the way through the development of their business, which is huge now. So they've never, you know, they've not got kicked out. They've not, they've, they've had to learn things. And I know I've learned, I think with Y Combinator, you know, YC, um, what's interesting there is that I, I'd listened to some some uh, interviews with Sam Altman before he was like the famous Sam Altman. And I believe he ran it, right? And he... So the first thing we do with these really young kids is how to deal with conflict. It's the first thing we do. We don't talk to them about technology. The first period is that. Because if we can sort that out, everything else goes smoothly. Yeah, and 100%. Course, with, my, yeah, with, my, with my known problem, that sort of pricks my ear. It's like, oh, that's interesting. You know, it's an, a really important part to address. So... Why, why do you think it's still important to address for you, right? Because that's essentially what you brought into this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as I say, I think it's always going to crop up. And um, 
it, it's it's sort of masked at the moment because everything's great and it's growing and it's all fun but you know i'm i'm happy to admit that's my strength is also my weakness and how do you yeah how do you keep consistent and authentic when you have the problem and keep your respect as well so it's it's a really interesting fine line you know you can run these very energetic cultures and teams and everything but you can't be two-faced right and you can't you've got to be consistent so so is there a part of you that believes that if you whatever the wording that lands for you if you were more intentional more direct um quicker to point things out was comfortable with holding the mirror to other people if, if you were all of those things is there a part of you that believes well you would actually be out of integrity with who you are i no i actually think it would be the other way around I think I'd be more full of integrity because it's telling people exactly what you think on the moment. So there's right. a hesitation, right? So, and I, I don't know if you, um, we, again, we've really, really improved in the last couple of years because we, we implemented EOS. Um, I've, I've been at the entrepreneur operating system and did that from 2018 and different various cases. And now, you know, you use Candle, right you have this meeting we don't talk about fluffy things you don't go down warren holes you talk about the issues at hand and say you know we have a team problem we have a culture problem we have you know product problem whatever it is um i'm not interestingly speaking with you now i'm wondering whether we do that as well as we did a year ago so i i'll think about that but the the main thing there is that sort of very constructive criticism you know it's sort of not directed at the person it's like just just call things out and and I've really enjoyed that because I mean sometimes I've had phone calls afterwards saying you okay you know because you got a battering and I like that because remember I like this level playing field so you throw it in and there's no top-down hierarchy you know you can make mistakes so so can everyone else it's uh, it feels quite safe to be able to do that so there's a few things in there that I'm just going to reflect back that I, I'm really happy to hear that, that your brain went to, to where it did, because one of the things I always describe on this podcast, when this topic does come up is when people just, okay, tell me, okay, well, what is people pleasing? Like, how do I know it, et cetera? One of the ways that I usually respond is like, people pleasing is lying. Mm. And what I mean by that is exactly what you said. It's like, well, I'm actually more in integrity when I'm not in all of these people-pleasing aspects. Why? Because I'm actually saying yes when I mean yes, or I don't say yes when I actually mean no, or I don't cover things or have omission of communication. A hundred percent of me or as close to a hundred percent of me that I can is actually out on the table. So people are in relationship, not with the 60% I feel safe to show, but they are in relationship with the hundred percent that I express. Right. So I'm glad to hear that that's where your mind went to, because really that that's the gaps, all of those, you know, leaks that you spoke about with regards to the the team efficiencies, we could get things done quicker. uh, We can move through setbacks quicker. We can dial in like all, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like those are all little pockets of essentially 
60% is being shown, the 40% yeah. gap is where that next step of leadership isn't happening quickly. That's that's the that's a lying of the people pleasing pattern. And again, I say this with full respect. I'm not calling you a yeah. liar, but it's just that's usually where the conversation goes through. So again, anything uh that lands for you with that. Yeah, no, I, I think having sort of been you know, I had some problems with it a few years ago where that really did cause problems because you just don't deal with it, right? So um, so I do make a, a stance to deal with it now. Uh, and and I think as you go through this and you try to fix it, you go through different layers and it's almost like a, another sort of mountain to climb to to where you can get. I, I like the term North Star all the time. It means that it's a favourite so my North Star is like full authenticity, full integrity. And that basically means, you know, you just need to know, right? And um, and and I never have a problem with I'm going to hurt them if I say that or I think that because it's just most things I want to do are for the good of everyone. They're never a personal thing. Um. So, yeah. But it's, I don't think I've really articulated, I've had these thoughts for a long time, but I've never articulated those things around integrity and authenticity, really. Yeah, well, well I'm glad that they're, they're landing for you because they're definitely important and I can see how they would be part of the value set that you bring to all of the interactions that you do have. Um, so I know there's like a lot of different directions that that we can take this. I think we spent a lot of time kind of mapping out what the pattern looks like for you, what the general associations are for you. I mean, obviously the next step would be to dive into what are the the root causes for you, et cetera. Um, and just because I want to be respectful for your time, like, mm. does this feel complete for you as far as like mapping this out or getting some deeper awareness around it? Or is there still something left outstanding? I, I, I just, I'm really pleased to to sort of come to that. And I think, how how lucky I am to have this recorded as well because it's the type of thing that you can sort of really think and um I I think genuinely everyone I work with everything yeah I don't have to worry about being good that's not really an issue um but uh, but I would take from this if you if you don't fully express something and I've known this for a long time you're not fully you know your full integrity is not there and um and that's and and you know what if you compare I don't want to confront this versus I don't want to be, in, you know, have integrity. I'm definitely going to fix that because I'd rather not have, do you, do you see what I mean? It's a value system there that says I'd rather have full integrity than not confront. Yeah. It's like the desire, the identity piece of I'm somebody whose integrity with my word to the best of my ability yeah. is like that, that has more momentum for you than uh I have Wayne, to avoid this confrontation. Yeah, yeah. And the, the yeah. value system on that is very high. Yeah, beautiful. And I'm glad to hear that, that that's the case. And that's, I think, mm. why your coping skills are as good as they are to navigate around this. Because if, I'm not saying other people are in integrity, but oftentimes the sting of the confrontation and, and the discomfort that they feel, it just, it's higher than the actual desire for integrity. And for you, the fact that it's reversed, I think that's why you have a good job at coping with it, even when it does come up, right? Yeah, that's why but, it's there's also, but there's even something else, which is we all know when you're in a situation you don't like or want or whatever, then it's a flight or fight sort of scenario. So you need one word 
to remember. You can't remember a text or a book or a thing. And so when you hit it and you're like, ah, oh, I'm here again, you can literally say, well, do I want authentic, you know, authenticity and the integrity? Yes. Okay. I jump in. Perfect. Yeah. I, and I agree with you. And and it was just a, a bit of a tangent as well. What I found with regards to these types of patterns is people that struggle with them, generally it's not even like fight, flight, or freeze. Generally it's some version of fawn, right? Like they would just acquiesce to the situation and yeah. kind of morph into that 60% while leaving the other 40% unexpressed to yeah. just quote unquote, keep the peace or navigate around it or kind of play small in some sort of way to avoid the confrontation, avoid expressing themselves. So it's not like they're freezing. They're not running away. They're still here, but they're just fawning, right? Like that. that's generally yeah. how I see the pattern um, playing out. So I don't know if it applies to that good to you, but it's just more of a generality uh, in yeah. terms of an observation. Perfect. So, okay. In that case, if all of this does, um, you know, resonate with you, it feels complete. Um, why don't you just close us off and let everybody know, you know, where to find you, who's the best person to find you, Floyd's yours for that. Okay. Um, yeah, no, so you can find me on, on Linktree. Um, so the Linktree slash Hutton Henry will work and you'll get all of my links and everything in there. Um, what was the other question? Sorry, the, the, the just, who's the best person to find you? Where can they find you? All, all of that floors you. Oh, okay. I mean, really, you know, sort of, yeah, I, I mean, really, I, I'm happy to chat to anyone in that sort of space of businesses and teams and what have you. Technology, of course. Um, I don't necessarily focus on investors. I really like helping the founders because, you know, I'm, I'm actually a little bit quiet at the moment because I'm taking this in, you know, it's sort of, it's been really helpful. Good. Awesome. Well, I'm very happy to hear that. And, uh, I, I'm glad that your, uh, you know, Monday evening <laughs> yeah. wasn't a total shot in the dark to, to do this. So I, I thank you for oh, okay. giving it, it to really this, was, you know. No, it was really worth the investment. It's a very small amount of time for quite an insight. So thank you. Awesome. You're, you're very welcome. So Hutton, thank you very much for being on and for everybody else listening. We'll uh, see you on the next one. All right. Thanks so much. It's been great. Thank you.